You are listening to Anna Letitia Cook at Women Up Radio. Good morning and welcome to Women Up Radio. Our guest today is Ruth Sachs. She's Principal Consultant of Boardroom Focus, working on leadership effectiveness initiatives for startups, scale-ups, as well as more established businesses. Ruth advises women founders of tech startups on how to really move forward and build their success. She's also delivered a range of leadership and change projects in the UK, Europe and the USA, and has worked considerably overseas and speaks fluent French, which is great. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to the programme, Ruth. <laughs> it's lovely to be with you again, Anna. Nice to see you. So today we're going to talk about women entrepreneurs in tech and the challenges of finding investor funding. But I just wanted to do a quick jump back to what we talked about last time, because it must be, what, three years ago, something like that. Um, and, and then... We spoke about getting more women onto FTSE boards and also the Hampton Alexander report. So can you give us an update on what's been happening over the last few years and what amazing progress, if any, has been made? <laughs> well, um, where is there good news? There's good news in as much as over a third of the FTSE 350 boards have women on them. That's good yep. news. Yep. That over yep. the last five years, that's an increase of over 50%. Oh, wow. There are no more FTSE 350 boards with that are men only. Yep. That's good news. We've got two FTSE 100 boards, which have got more women than men, and those are Diageo, which is a drinks company, yep. and Seven Trent, which is a water company. There are five female CEOs in the FTSE 250. So five. we have five. Jesus, okay. That's is, not very much. It, no, it's not very much, but it's one more than it was in <laughs> since 2012. It's not a fantastic increase at all. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the gender pay gap for CEOs, there's a, this is awful, there is a 90% difference between the pay of women, the highest paid female CEO and the highest paid male FTSE CEO. Good. And at Good this God. rate, it's going to take us 80 years to get to 50-50, which is not good news. It really, really isn't. It's, the pandemic has, has dropped everything back in many ways. Gender pay gap reporting has been delayed. The, the deadline for gender pay back reporting is the 4th of October this year. Yep. So it's been put off a year. And out of the group of companies who should be reporting on that there are twelve and a half thousand companies who should be reporting so we've got what two weeks to get it done Mm, seems unlikely well so far only five thousand have reported so there's seven and a half thousand companies who have yet to report on their gender pay gaps good god 
and there is people are now talking about diversity pay gaps and that's that's just been sidelined completely i think I think that what needs to happen is there needs to be a lot more pressure, pressure from inside all of the organisations for women to ask strongly for this to happen, to go to HR, to go to their managers, to go to their senior leaders and say, we need to know what's going on, what's it like, and put some pressure on. And, And if social media is the way to do that, then that's how it needs to happen. But at the moment... The figures are really bad and it's just it's just very sad yeah that we are where we are so yes we've got a baseline yes a third of all 350 companies and we're only talking about FTSE companies we're not yep. talking about SMEs we, yep. and because of the difficulty in defining what an SME is we don't have any figures yeah um and that's part, and that links partly to the questions you we're going to talk about in a minute about yep. women investors and, and founders. But it's really, it's just such a shame. We know that women have been um, affected much more by the um, cl- lockdown closure, yep. the effects of the pandemic, having to school at home, all the caring responsibilities, mainly because women there is a higher percentage of women working in those interested yes. in those affected by the pandemic more than at healthcare, in yep. um, education, et cetera. And that's, and that's been the biggest issue. So it, it's really not a very good picture. Hmm. I'm Yeah. It's not what I expected because I know last time we spoke, um, definitely there was a vision that it was moving forward or it was going to move forward. So, okay, that's a shame. More work definitely needs to to go work. into that. Yeah, yeah. More work, more pressure, more more focus on yep. because we know, you know, there is so much research out there that says a more diverse management team, a more diverse organisation makes for a better company. Yes. Makes the better decisions, better outcomes, yep. better work-life balance, um, a better working environment. Yeah. And yet much of the information that's been coming out over the last 18 months while we've all been working from home and not with our colleagues is that women have been the most affected. And that's had an impact on their careers, it's had an impact on their self-esteem, it's had an impact on their visibility. Yeah. And it's a real it's a real challenge. And even now that everybody's slowly but surely working out how to return to work, what I think we're finding is that there's there's no real balance yet and people haven't quite worked out what's the best way to do that yep and how we're going to negotiate our work our our working lives yeah and where we're going to be for them yeah and you know with everything else that's going on i think you know whoever you are you are working to maintain your role maintain your 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 work-life balance, getting your 
job back together and managing your colleagues as well. It's 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 more difficult than we thought. Yeah, yeah. So, and are you seeing it's different with women entrepreneurs and women founders? Because I know you've been working with them a lot recently. Um, so over the last five or 10 years, have there been many changes in that? And are there any new trends coming through? Well, my, re- my research doesn't quite go back that far. So it's been much <laughs> more recent research. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. Um, what, we've, what, what my research has found is that um, generally women founders and entrepreneurs have not necessarily been impacted by the pandemic, depending on who they are and and what their area of interest and expertise is. So a lot of the women, the areas that I've been researching have been within tech companies. Um, And although that's quite big, it's, it's not the very, it's not the smaller organizations where you've got, um, women who are just setting up a very small one-woman business so it's a bit different but what what I have found is that there are lots of things impacting on the visibility of those businesses and how the women are presenting themselves to the rest of the world which then has an impact on how they are perceived and how investors find them because there are investors out there there are a lot of investors out there who are tr- really want to support women oh that's good that's very good that's news. really good the issue yeah. is, is they can't find they can't always find them or the connections sometimes are like ships that pass in the night they, <laughs> they don't quite come together and there are several reasons for that one is partly to do with the way that investors search for for women owned companies or or female entrepreneurs and a lot of them do that through companies house in the uk so that's where the companies are registered yeah and many women don't call themselves chief executives but may call themselves founders or directors and and investors may do a search on chief executive or md ah okay yeah so it may be that the companies are run by women even if there are men working with them but they don't come out as being the women who have founded and run the company that's interesting It is, and it's a real shame, but there is also a significant drive from women who don't want the label MD or chief exec. So they're going for founder, they're calling, or they're just calling themselves the woman who runs the company, whatever it is, or they're not giving themselves titles. But the impact of that is that unless they present themselves to the world slightly differently then investors can't proactively go out and find them so there is something about how women then go out and get themselves the funding yeah so what what do investors look for before they're prepared to invest 
it's really hard to find out what investors are prepared to look for. Some investors, particularly within tech areas, have a very clear idea of this is what we want to invest in. These are the sorts of companies. And we would like to select female owned run companies. Yeah. Um, And some of the investors have a particularly tight definition of what they want to invest in and can't find the women particularly who are working in that area, which to them seems to indicate that women aren't working in that area or they're not presenting themselves as being engaged in or contributing to that particular area of tech. So there's something about the language that's used or the way that you present yourself or the way that you talk about yourself or explaining what you do. And I don't actually think this is just specific to female founders. I think, you know, if you go, you go to, an, when we, when we used to go to networking events. <laughs> A long time ago. Yes. <laughs> and we will do again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, many women, and I include myself in this, don't have that clear 20-word sentence that says, this is what I do. Yep. This is what I offer. This is who I am. And I think particularly if you are an SME, it's about making sure you have that really, really clear and it comes across on all your media yep. so that people can find you. And there's something about working out what are the best search terms, because that's how companies find each other. It's on LinkedIn. It's on what you come up with on Google. It's all of those tags that attract, you know, the traffic to you. And if you're not using the right words or you're not using the right words in your media posts, people don't find you. So there's something about how you actually present yourself to the world. And there's something about how you come across in terms of your appetite for risk, your appetite for growth. Um, There's a general feeling that women don't like taking risks and don't like debt. Um, It is and it isn't true. Yeah. If you are looking for funding and if you are active, searching for it you need to present yourself in a way that shows your curiosity and your interest in having conversations many of the entrepreneurs that I spoke to who were looking for investment look look for investment through networking yep lots of meeting lots of talking to people lots of trying out pitches, finding mentors who will help you get the right pitch, get the right language, and also just all those connections. And because we've all been locked down for 18 months, it's not always that easy to set up those quick meetings, you know, having lots of coffees, going out for lunch, doing all those big meetings where you might meet three or four people at an evening event, those aren't happening in the same way. And whatever anybody says, a general Zoom meeting or whatever, it, it's not that easy to make those connections. Yep. 
And many of the webinars that you go on, you're actually a passive recipient. Yes. You just you don't even know who else is on the meeting. You just you just see the presentation. Yeah, so you're just watching someone in front. Yeah. So so until we get back to much more of that active networking, I think if you're looking for funding, you have to be much more upfront about it and put yourself out there more. Um in order for people to know that that you're there and available. What has what I have found is that women do like these more structured accelerator programs because if you get onto an accelerator program, they will organize a lot of the networking for you yep. or they will they will set you up in different ways. And that works quite well for women because it's there's a structure to it. Yes. And you you almost have an intermediary who you can go to and say, this is what I'm looking for. Who can you find to help me? Who can you find me somebody to mentor me in, in the most appropriate way, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So those, those are ways that women can help themselves. Another way, I mean, as I've just said, is for women to give themselves a label that other people understand, whatever, yeah. you know, or to post something about themselves saying, yes, I run this company and I'm calling myself founder or okay. chief entrepreneur yeah. or whatever it is. I, I mean, during the pandemic, I was doing some online mentoring and work with female entrepreneurs who were running businesses, yeah. quite yeah. large SMEs that were growing. But because they were working, because they'd set up the business or were working in family businesses, they hadn't given themselves a title that recognised their contribution. Do you think it's difference in ego, as in they feel that they don't want to say they're the, the bee's knees um, and they want to be more discreet? Or do you think it's just don't think about it. It's not the type of thing that crosses your mind. I think it's just the type of thing that doesn't cross your mind. Yeah. If you're setting a business with your husband because he's got some fantastic idea yeah. and he goes out and does all the selling and you're setting up the factory and organising the HR and dealing with all the customers, you just get on with it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've had people with with you know, assistant or assistant to the director on their email. And actually they are running the company while they're, you know, they're, they're, while the male partner who, yes, may have had the original idea is going out and doing all the selling. But yeah. if they weren't there doing all that other, yeah. all those other tasks and taking all that, and they are down as a director, but they're just not putting it, you know, they're yeah. not putting it as a basic thing on their emails. So yeah. nobody knows. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Good point. So how, how do we change that mentality? I think it's just about saying, do it. Yeah. Recognize the value that you bring to your own organization. It's a label. That's all it is. It doesn't, you know, you're still contributing to, to the company in exactly the same way. Yeah. But it's how it's how people who receive your emails perceive you. Yes. 
So if you put yourself down as an HR assistant, then that's what somebody from a bank or a funding organization sees. If you are head of HR, that's different and you are perceived to be very different and you are treated in a very different way. And it's not about, it's about how you want people to recognize who you are. Yeah. I'm still the same person and I do the same things, whether you call me a founder or an MD or a director or whatever it is. But if I think I'm going to get a better service or a better response, if I put director as my job title, then that's what I'm going to do. Doesn't make you, that's it. Yeah. Doesn't change who you are. It just changes people's vision from outside. Yeah. And if, you know, if, if investors are searching for female entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, then you need to have something under your label that says exactly what you do. Yep. Good point. Very good point. We just don't think of that, do we? No. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, it, <laughs> and, and, and I think women really, you know, like, like it doesn't matter. Founders get really deep into their business they want to focus on it they want it to be successful and they do everything except think about how the world sees it. many of yep. them don't think about how the world sees them yep. so they don't think about their social media presence they don't think about their online presence and all of that stuff which many of us think is not important is important because the people who we might be dealing with in the future may not be of our generation. Yep. And they have, and they put a different importance onto labels, how we come across on social media, what, what we say about ourselves, what our presence, what our online presence is. Yep. And we need to be able to think about that. Because if you look at who are the up-and-coming entrepreneurs, they're much younger than we are. They are, they have a different presence. Yeah. And there are many companies with, with, you know, with a mixing of age and diversity and generations, which is absolutely fantastic. But we need to be able to promote that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So how do you see the future of women entrepreneurs and their careers and the impact that they have how do you think it's going to progress because you work so much with them obviously you've got an idea of the direction it's going in i would like to think it's getting better i would like to think that women entrepreneurs female out entrepreneurs are going to grow in them i mean there's every sign that that one of the th- one of the better things that has happened during the pandemic is that many women have identified that they do want to set up their own businesses and they've worked on the plans and the ideas during the pandemic with a view to to moving forward now or in yep. the very near future or working to you know balance it with with some sort of regular employment in order to manage their financial commitments so that i really hope that there will be an explosion i'm going to go that <laughs> an explosion of women run businesses 
that are more diverse, more successful and more creative than they have been. Yeah. I'm not saying that women haven't been successful because they have, but there are even more women who have decided that the world of work as we have known it does no longer suits them or, or they no longer want to engage with that particular working environment and they want to grow and develop. And that's fab. And what I'm also hoping is that those women who do want to work in more traditional on-ground businesses that have worked their way through the pandemic and are still um, running and being successful, that they carry on and that they are also looking to do businesses, to do business with a more diverse set of companies, including lots of women. Because I think women like working with women. women. Women are much more aware of diversity and equality yep. and want to promote that, not just through their own organisations, but through the organisations they work with. Yep. Okay. And I think that, that, that hopefully, so maybe in three years, if we're still doing this, <laughs> we'll next, see what's yeah. going on. The next follow-up in three years. Yes, yeah. maybe. <laughs> so, Ruth, any final piece of wisdom or key strategy that you think we should keep in mind to really help us going forward? I think we have to, I've always said this, and I think now more, more than ever, we have to say who we are, say who we are loudly, be clear about it. Put this... Everybody, one of the things that's been talked about throughout throughout this last 18 months is imposter syndrome. Yeah. And how we don't feel confident and how we've t- all taken knocks in our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Yes, okay. But it doesn't have to be the thing right in front of you. Yeah. Everyone has a value. We're all making good contributions to the world of work and to our working lives. And we need to talk about it more and we need to sit up, stand up and say, I'm here. I can do the job. I'm really good at what I do. And please, and I want to do more. Brilliant. That's such a good bit of advice. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ruth. It's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the show. And I hope that you'll come again soon. Oh, well, <laughs> I let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I can't believe how quickly that's gone already. No, it's so, not really quickly. Anyway, a big thank you to Ruth Sachs of Boardroom Focus. You've been listening to us on Women Up Radio, and I hope that you will listen in again next week. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you very much. Goodbye.